No, no, me, no, no. <laughs> what does that mean? Shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> and apparently it's good enough that Shane recognized it and was offended by it. That was great. When Shane, when Shane was Greg's friend who has taught English in Japan for probably close to ten years. Well, no, he only taught English for oh. a couple of years. Oh, then okay. he was working at uh, oh, okay. at various different companies, including Mitsubishi and uh, Amazon. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. But uh, I'm like, I know one phrase in Japanese, and this yeah. is... Uh, a phrase that in seventh grade, I think it was sixth or seventh grade, we had a, a student in school. His name was Satoshi Endo, which sounds like a guy from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like you know, of course you get you get an acquaintance or a friend. You know, like he speaks another language. So tell me how to swear in your language, and he taught me "udose bakayaro," which is "shut up, motherfucker." In a very very roughneck kind of like gangster okay. language. Is, is, and is, I, I asked Shane if he recognized if I was pronouncing it close to right and it kind of like it was a punch in the gut like because he was you know in Japan speaking Japanese and they have a bit of properness to them as right. well. So like hearing it and it was close enough that it actually affected him like it right. made him feel bad and I'm like well damn <laughs> It, it's weird how language does that. I mean, because mm-hmm. when you're... But I'm surprised that my pronunciation was close enough to give him that... Like, not like, oh, I vaguely recognize that as maybe this other thing. Well, but... I guess it... it the, the best way I could, I, I could come up with, with, with a way of... Of, uh, of giving an idea of what that... Me- of, of what that impresses just mm-hmm. by the language mm-hmm. is... If someone like that, you are really like fuck you, dequad. You know, like or it's not pronounced right, but you still understand it. And it but, makes perfect sense. But it also involves like a huge muscle-bound guy yeah. with guns on him coming mm-hmm. right up to you uh, and punching you in the gut and <laughs> punching the gut and saying, right. and and saying that, and then and that's so there's a connotation that goes of the gangland with that. thing. Just because the fact that you say that is is the fact that you would use those words is mm-hmm. tantamount to that physical action occurring right. as well. So it's it's that kind of thing that, that gotcha. he reacted to as opposed to the words themselves, which doesn't follow through in English because we think of yeah. English as just pure words and mm-hmm. physical actions come into play but they don't have they don't use tone so much in Japanese we use tone a lot you know mm-hmm. sarcasm and right. and anger and uh, friendliness and, and all, all the other you know playfulness all the other ways that tone comes into play in English doesn't happen so much in Japanese in Japanese it's more this this right. language versus language gotcha so yeah, so it would be like if you said, "Fuck you, motherfucker." Yeah, and that is like, okay, that that's whoa, whoa, what right. the fuck did I do? Right. So even though I might have said it in a neutral or cheery tone, mm-hmm. it came across with such hate. Yes. Gotcha. Who to say, Bakayoro? That was good. Yeah, yeah. luscious. 
should break out that um, backpack, whatever. Yeah, 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 sure, we can do that if you want one. I do. All right. Sunday night, why not? Yeah, that's right. We had a big coffee beer. <laughs> going to be up for a while. What's the next song on this track? Uh, Lovely Angel. That was Cherry Tree Times. And uh, yeah, Catamaran Damacy is an interesting game. I think it was PS3. It might have been even PS2, uh, where you are a um, creature that comes around and basically things stick to you and things continue to stick to you and then the whole point is to grab all the objects and grab and like like stick all the objects to you as you roll around this area that's the game it's a pretty silly game but it it was fun to play and kind of uh, a nice like distraction for the time have you listened to any of the lavar burton's reads podcast nope you've mentioned it there was one he did I haven't been catching up, making sure I catch every single one, but there was one I listened to. Short story, they're all short stories, but this one was about uh, a kid and his dad playing like a, you know, early 90s style or mid 90s style like role playing game. But the game was kind of about this character who starts out like god mode in the mission, it was kind of a Buddhist Zen type thing. You gotta lose all your power. Like you know, to to play the game, but then or, I mean that's you know that that's traditional gameplay is is you start with some powers and you lose all your powers and you have to gain them back, right? That's... Okay, but no, this is one where you actually got to like reach Zen, right, and lose all your powers. But then it's set around this father and son who are not doing so well in school and life and whatnot, and it, it was a it was a very affecting story. Uh, I'll send you a link and give it a listen. But uh, I thought it was one of the holy cloudy bunch of funk sediment. I shouldn't say funk, but oh, it's a northeast IPA. Yeah. Um, that's not. It's, it's not funk. It's just a yeah. I didn't mean funk. I meant, but it was like super sludgy. That's what I meant to say. Um, so this is the backpack fashion show, which we had done previously. I guess Ryan sent us two of these. So we're enjoy this now. Okay, yeah, that's different than the modern times, don't you think? Yeah, it has a lot of more uh, papaya, mango, yeah. all that delicious tropicals. Mmm. Ooh, that's real good. A little cold, but yeah, that's real good. Oh my god. We should have just drank that on the show again. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I want more of this. Mm. Mm. So I guess there wasn't a cloudy I- Northeast IPA category in GABF this year. Uh, I mean... I wonder if there will be. Soon, I, I, I expect there should be, right? Because, I mean, it's becoming a very... At least, as far as I understand, I'm not tied into everything about the beer world. Uh, I think it's the new Goza. Yeah. I, and and I think it's more appealing to people than Goza's were right. I think that Goza's you know had their time in the sun, but it was like okay, people were like, yeah. I mean, we're getting the same thing out of most of these Goza's. There's also a lot of people that don't get the style. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of I shouldn't say everyone, but I mean, there's a fair amount of 
beer people that I follow on Twitter who don't appreciate Northeast style IPAs. Really? And, and we didn't really like. Yeah, I guess I, we I, had Heady at first, and then you know, right? Heady's not really the same exact style. True. But you know, there has been beers that we had. You know, the first couple of hazy IPAs we had were kind of muddled. In not bright, you know. Mm-hmm. Either we didn't know how to taste them, or they just weren't as good examples. I think more people are learning how to make this beer, right? That the Brew Gentleman or that um, side side project. side project is making. I think that there is, and and that was that article that, that we talked about before. I forget the, the 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 place, but it was a place in like Brooklyn that we you know they made lockers and they weren't selling well, and they changed to making Northeast IPAs because at first they yeah they didn't care at all they were like we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Then they looked into like the the chemical composition. They really got into it. And they said, wow, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here, and. Well, they that, were all, that angle, and they then, were also a struggling brewery, right? Yeah, they need something. And, else. and calling it interesting could just as well be, you know, the the origin story. Sort of, but at the same time, if you're not making something that you're proud of, Shiner Bach won a uh, medal. I think it was a gold. That that that, that brings me all the way back to when we made that uh, that parody of. What's his name? The brew, the brew guy. Who? <laughs> Do you remember that? And he was like, he made this, this skit of of some girl walking into a bar, and he came up, and he was like, the, "Oh, who was that? I I don't remember." That was awful, though. Yeah. Who was that? That oh he, was, oh, damn! I have to think about it. Yeah, they won a silver. For American style amber lager, and I think about the times I've had Shiner Bach, and it's just been like not the thing I want to drink. Yeah, same with like Fat Tire or any of these like standards. Yeah. Um, but I remember that in that thing I said, "Why don't we get a get a Sam Adams instead?" Which is like, yeah, I mean, okay, but the whole point was that the beer at the bar had nothing. But my, you know, my palate has changed since then. But at the same time, I'm not going to recommend a Shiner Bach to anybody. I, it, it's so I yeah I remember. The, so the thing was, the skit was the original skit was some bartender talking to a girl, and the girl's like, "Is he coming?" And the bartender's like, "He might. He comes in here all the time." And then he does come in, and he's like. You're that guy. He's like, yeah. Why don't you try a Shiner Bach? And she's like, oh. And he's like, yeah. Well, wait, Grasshopper. There's so much more to go on. <laughs> and there, we were just like, oh my god, that is the most. I remember the guy. He's like, his profile picture and his voice. I can't remember what podcast he did. But I do remember that we sent it to. Somebody, who do we send it to? I forget. Because we were like, we didn't want to. We made it, yeah. and then we were like, we didn't want to broadcast it on our own. Yeah. Because we felt it was too mean. Yeah. I mean, we do, we wouldn't care about that these days. <laughs> <laughs> some some beer podcast. I don't think is happening anymore. I don't know. I've been uh, 
I've been wondering if we are becoming irrelevant. And I don't, I don't care. But, you know, there's like so many new beer podcasts that are out there hustling that I, you know, I don't, like I said, I'm not worried about this. I don't care. If we right. fade into obscurity, that's what we do. We're just still going to drink the beer. Yeah. And, uh, but I think we might be fading, becoming irrelevant a bit. Well, that, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I don't, I don't think that we need to be relevant to do what we do. Right. No. I, I think that. You just have the motivation to do this show. Yeah. And, and I think that it's like. The, the relevancy of our podcast is that we've been around for a while and we and hopefully people think that we know what we're talking about uh, and we try I mean our, our our number one goal and I said this before the whole bunch of times but the number one goal of our podcast should be to be entertaining because otherwise why are you listening to it mm-hmm. uh, the second is to you know be, be informative and, and to try to get across the, the what we're what we're tasting and I also understand. Uh, look, I've done the same thing. There are podcasts I listened to for a while, and then I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, I've, I've listened to enough of this podcast. I'm moving on to other things. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't blame people for for doing that. I mean, like, yeah, I listened to your podcast for a bit, and then you know, I, I got enough of it, and I moved on. Right. People's opinions and, and things about uh, entertainment change, and then there are going to be some people who love us and listen to every episode. Period. And I respect that too, because you know, there's something. I do think that there's a good dynamic that we have. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. I mean, I listen to our podcast, too, because I enjoy it. Uh, and I want to know, I want to listen to it and see, okay, can I do something better? And can we do something, you know, can, can we do more things? Right. Uh, I don't listen to other beer podcasts. I just don't. I'm not really interested in other beer podcasts. The ones that I've listened to... I find myself not caring about. I care more about just what happens on our podcast and how we perform in some sense. Yeah. And there are times when I'm when I'm embarrassed by what happens, and there are times when I'm like, yeah, that was a cool moment. Yeah. And that should be the case in 430 yeah. something. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm not too like. There was a time where I would have been worried about slipping into irrelevance and wanting to step up my game. But you know where I'm at right now, and like. Maybe when my kids like become teenagers and don't want to hang out with me and something, I'll, I'll be able to double down on and re, reinvigorate the podcast. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know, the one thing that no one can take away from us is the longer running beer podcast. And we're too right. fucking stubborn to stop doing that. Um, and I, the only person that can take that away from us is us. That's right. That is absolutely true. The only the only people who can stop doing the podcast. Is us, or I guess you know, nuclear war, or something, right? <laughs> Kim Jong Un, <laughs> right? <laughs> so either us or things completely outside of our control. Yes, and I'm, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is this is fun. There, yeah. This is this is just. I mean, it's 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 not like it's not work. Right? I mean, I mean, there's mm-hmm. work of putting posting the show. But doing the show, it's the same thing I've been doing for 10 years. Yeah, no, it, it is a regular thing. It's just, yeah. it's something you can count on. It's also something that we can be like, this is this is my time to just let loose and blah, and, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. This is, in, in some sense, uh, it's a substitute for therapy, because we can just say whatever the hell we want, right? I mean, we can talk to each other about mm-hmm. whatever the, the fuck, and that's what therapy is, really. It's... Having some place to just spew your thoughts, right? And it's a lot cheaper. Well, 
Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than therapy. It's it's considerably <laughs> cheaper than therapy. Um, and and in in some sense, we get support for doing it. So mm-hmm. and that's cool too. Yeah. Um, enough about us. Though. Let's let's talk about some other things that are happening. Um, okay, let, let's talk about it. Let's bring up the subject of the the horrible thing that happened in Vegas. Because there are some things that I want to be like, I want to clear my mind up. Okay, sure. Uh, there's like, okay, so... I understand the impulse. I super do understand the impulse to be like, okay, ban ban fucking guns right away. Right, that's not gonna do anything. That's not gonna work, and it's, it's not gonna be helpful. Uh, I think it's reasonable to say ban these bump stock things because the whole point of having a machine gun ban is to get rid of. The idea of very mm-hmm. uh, of, of yeah, mass I, th- I think they're definitely getting banned, right? Well, they're think... not going to go as far as as confiscating them, which I think it's a good step. I I I, I would respect the government, uh, you know, Congress, if they had the guts to enact a law that would confiscate confiscate bump stocks. I, I don't know where that's going to happen, but I, I think it, it won't happen. When has the government ever confiscated anything? Well, other than since beer, right? That's the last thing. They didn't even confiscate beer. They just stopped the sale. They didn't even... Yeah, that's right. They didn't even confiscate liquor during the... Are, are you forgetting that they suspended habeas corpus in the Civil War? I guess. I wasn't alive <laughs> then. Uh, now, there's... There, there's problems with that, but... but the idea of not letting this thing get out too much is, is I mean, reasonable. I understand. I absolutely understand that there are other ways to modify guns to make them into from semi-automatic to, to, to automatics. But the point is to stop the ease of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was reported here was that this guy bought like 38 or 40 something guns in a year and no one that was not like picked up mm-hmm. right and that's kind of maybe that should be something that is thought about right. like I understand people want to buy guns and they want to have them and they don't want to be like tracked for them but if you buy a whole bunch of guns maybe you should just be maybe I'm not saying that you should be prevented from doing it, but maybe the authorities should be aware. Right. I mean, you know, I'm in a weird spot, right? You know, we've talked about this before. Right, I grew up in a right. sporting family. Mm-hmm. I am pro-gun. I am not pro-assault rifle. But I am anti-gun deaths more than I am pro-gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to hand in my handgun. Voluntarily, mm-hmm. if a law was passed that confiscated my handgun, I, I don't think I would be too. As long as the result proved to stop 
gun deaths. Uh-huh. It, it just it sucks. It sucks so bad. It's it sucks so bad. It does, and I'm... and I, like <sighs> I like this song. Too. I just wish that it, I wish it could be unpoliticized just a little bit, right? Because like. The, the we live in a politicized I know, age. I know, but the pro gun people are going to say, "Look at Chicago; they have such stringent gun laws, and their gun deaths are crazy." Well, sure, but you can drive an hour outside of Chicago and buy a fucking the same gun. Mm-hmm. You know, so you—that's not a valid comparison, right? Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> if you look at Australia, Australia seems to have good data. On confiscating and mm. reducing the access to gun, or eliminating the access to guns, practically. Yes, I'm. I'm not. I mean, look, there there is a right codified in the Constitution to bear arms. So it is very clear that without changing the Constitution, you can't simply confiscate people's guns. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean yeah. that that is the law. That is the law of the land. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be advocating for taking people's guns unless that thing changes on the other hand I don't see the point of having these assault style weapons other than that they're cool and I understand people like them because they're cool and they're neat well I mean that's that's why I like it's it's exhilarating to take a rifle and shoot at 100 or 200 yards Mm -hmm. and be accurate and put things in a really tight grouping. I am not a rapid-fire kind of guy. Now, when I worked at NetApp, a bunch of my department, there was gun nuts in there. Gun nuts in a semi-affectionate way. I'm not being Mm -hmm. disparaging. And when we went out shooting the one time, a bunch of the guys were all about loading up the magazine and just throwing as much lead down range as possible. Sure, that's fun to do occasionally. Like, if I'm out with my handgun, and if you shoot at, like, many, the, the public range around here, you're only allowed to put, like, five rounds in your magazine. You can't load it up and go pop, 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 But, like, last year when I went up to deer camp with my dad, I took my handgun, and I, sure, I loaded up the 18 rounds or whatever my gun holds, and I let them loose really quick. It was fun to do once. I don't want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly interested in seeing how good I can be with it. You know, and that is a measured well, aim. For, okay, so let's let's forget about what it is that you appreciate because mm-hmm. that's kind of sort of irrelevant in, in, sure. in some sense. Sure. Uh, the, the, the question is... Before, before we get too far, my point was I'm okay with banning AR-15s. I'm okay with banning high-capacity magazines. Mm-hmm. Because so many handguns are semi-automatic, you know, it gets a little fuzzy at that point, right? right. Like, because my handgun has a 15 or 18 round magazine, and it's semi-automatic. But I'm also a little bit disappointed with my handgun. It's it's severely inaccurate. It's really hard to shoot. So, uh, you know, it... anyway, so, back to your point. Okay, so part of the issue with, with, with what happened with this was that... He used these bump stops, which, of course, they don't make... They make your gun considerably less accurate. Yes. But it doesn't matter if you're spitting metal into a crowd. Yes. In in fact, in some sense, that's probably better that you're inaccurate because you're 
you're indiscri- it's completely indiscriminate. Uh, and, it, it, it's surprising how effective he was right. at that distance with Bumstock. It, it, it's surprising how effective he was. It was a big crowd, and he's just spewing metal. So I mean, I it, it's I almost know. surprising that he was that he wasn't as effective as he was in some sense. Uh, but it's just because there was a lot of people, a lot of very squishy targets, and a lot of very high velocity lead being thrown at them in various different directions and not a good way to prevent it. And the whole NRA idea of a good guy with a gun, well, that doesn't help that, that situation at all. at all. Not at all. <laughs> Pack your sniper rifle to right. the country music concert. Right. Um, I suspect... I don't know if I'll ever know for sure. I suspect that the guy was just... He wanted to... It's. I mean, it's the same as suicide by cop, right? I mean, it, well, no, because apparently he was. He had plans he to had, escape, and he had monitors and stuff to try because he, he thought plans. he was going to. So he was like, he probably knew that there was a chance he wouldn't get out, but he. But he committed suicide in his room right. before there was really that much heat on him. He, like, there was. Well, I don't know that this for, the whole for, situation. Yeah, we don't. Uh, sure, there's probably lots of data we don't mm-hmm. know. The data that I have seen as there was a security guard on his floor early on because he was checking out a door alarm on an adjacent apartment, unrelated to the whole event. And his webcams saw the security guard, which probably accelerated his whole mm-hmm. plan. He probably thought the heat was on more than it really was. Right, and he shot out at him. And... But, then, but even then, he probably assumed, oh, the heat is on. I am so far advanced in my plan that I cannot get to the garage. Right. And I'm not saying the guy should have gone away, but I think that just that happenstance of the security guard check out the door alarm changed the outcome drastically. And I, I don't have any kind of insight into that point and then when reinforcements arrived onto the floor or, you know, what his escape plan was. But I think that just that happenstance, you know, kept his escape from happening mm-hmm. or attempted escape. Because as soon as he leaves the room, he's he's running and gunning, right? You know, so you would have had in hotel at right. you know, yeah. fatalities at that point. So I'm glad that didn't happen. One of the things that I, I want to make clear is I do not think that every gun owner or even the, I think that. It's a super, super, ridiculously tiny majority of minority, I should say, of, of gun owners who would even consider doing something like this. Well, there's an equally, even, there's even the people equally, who stockpile guns. There's an equally valid argument, though, that you can argue about ease of access to guns and suicide. Yes. You know, because our suicide rates are ridiculous compared to other countries. And it's because... Guns are by far superior effective suicide tool versus everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not about... It's about having a gun available to you in that moment of crisis. Because if you can survive a moment of crisis when you're suicidal, you may well live. But if you have that gun that you can stick in your mouth, you know, it's it's pretty hard to survive that. 
it can happen, but it's it's you know it's, it's more rare than not. Right. I mean, you could you could aim other places, but you know it's it, it's that, and there are plenty of in the world other people who have tried suicide attempts who live long and healthy lives after their moment of crisis, and that 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 upsets me. That you know it's. You have a person in a moment of crisis with easy access to a gun, and and then there's no second chance. Right. I don't have any good answers because I think that the the, the fallacy is thinking that oh yeah I could come up with a good answer to this uh, that that will work for everybody, and and that's not that's not the case. I understand when people are like. You can't take you can't take my freedoms away. I get it. I do. I do. I totally get it because I you know I feel that way about freedom of speech and stuff like that. Like I I fucking hate Nazis, but they have a right to march, and and I will support that. Uh, and and people were like bad mouthing the ACLU when they were defending the the right wing Nazi march, and it's like no, that's the whole point is that that right is there and if you take away that right then you're the whole point of rights is that from my perspective my idea is that you have every right unless we ha- unless the government imposes a restriction on it so everyone has complete rights to everything and then the government the sovereign whatever imposes restrictions as opposed to you are granted rights like, I disagree with the idea that you have no rights, but you are granted them by mm-hmm. by a government. So I look at it from the opposite way. You have all rights, and then you, they are restricted by a government because of re- because there are reasons that restricting them is better for society than not. And I think that if we look at it on those terms, it's probably better to not absolutely restrict certain things. Including the ownership of firearms. I mean, we've talked about this before yeah. at one of the other mass shootings mm-hmm. where we've had this, right. had this conversation, and that is okay. What is the valid use of being able to stockpile forty semi-automatic assault rifles? Mm-hmm. The valid use is to fight against the unjust government or start a revolution or something like that right but we were talking about like is it is that even feasible is that even in in today's world yes probably not i i certainly don't think so um i did see a great tweet the other i did so i saw a tweet on wednesday and it's like if every black adult male bought a semi bought an ar-15 tomorrow Congress would pass gun control by Friday. The other, the other thing to think of is if society collapses, then having that weaponry protects you from yeah. potential. Uh, yeah, I guess a prepper angle on it. I'm, I'm searching. You know, I'm, I'm grasping at straws yeah. here. But, but like in a when there are no laws. You need the law bringer. If you... You need the biggest law bringer. 
but having that arsenal also gives you the ability to so what to, about to rule over people by your Warlord. iron fist yeah and that's a negative so you know if you consider that it's a level of scale right you need to be well it's an arms race you need to be on parity with everyone right. else who's right. a prepper mm-hmm. and then the people that aren't preppers can perish but you don't want to be the superpower I mean, you don't want someone to be the superpower. Right. You want to be the superpower. You want to be the superpower, and then it's like, then you, you, you throw. Okay, so what about the mental health angle that the, the conservative side's playing? Well, well, other than as I other said, than taking away, <laughs> as I said, the guy bought so many guns in 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 a year. I think that, and they said that there were no. This guy didn't, you know, show up on any alarms. Don't you think that a guy buying 40 automatic weapons in a year should possibly raise some alarms? Yeah. yeah. I mean... I mean, we, we, we are so thorough about how fertilizer gets from one place to another because it can be used in bombs. Fertilizer! But, right, but there's no amendment or no but amendment about... Owning bombs, <laughs> but but it, it's like actually that's an arm, right? I mean, yeah. a missile's an arm. Why can't you have a missile? A nuke? Yeah, suitcase sure. nuke. It's right to bear, right to bear arms. Suitcase nuke. A tank. You know, I mean, you can you know you can certainly create your own tank if you if you spend enough time and money. Uh, do you have a right? Seems like no. It seems, seems like it, it, seems it, like they draw the line at like heavy weapons, right? And there's certainly a law against machine. You know, there's a law. I should have against, a right to own an aircraft carrier. There's a, there's a law against machine guns. There's a law against mm-hmm. rapid fire assault weapons. Um, so be, because there's no reasonable use for them that is not yeah. simply killing people. All right. So what about? So this is, uh, I wish I could have asked this question five years ago and not now, or maybe 10 years ago and not now. What about having a constitutional convention and writing? (laughs) Well, today, no, today, no, 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 no. But what about, you know, revising these rules so they make sense with modern technology? That's what amendments are for. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the whole point of amendments. I I really dislike the idea of a convention because changing the constitution to our values today is a minefield, and and you're going to upset more people than 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 not. And I don't know. I I think that basing us on something from the past and amending it when useful is a better choice than taking it all out well then throwing it all out and taking what we know today enshrining it and saying this is the way things should be it's just at least three years it's just gonna fail just you know it's and because again i mean if it happened today right you would uh you would ban fake news. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have freedom of the press. Likely, you you would have. Okay, so you know if if you did a new constitution today, 
the fr- the First Amendment would not be likely to 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 be in there. There'd be some crazy shit going on with weapons, such that they would be like hyper legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would be lots of things on <laughs> sexuality that would be put in there. Yeah. There would be things on women's reproductive rights. Yes. There'd be things on. There'd still be things on race that'd be thrown in there. Um, there'd be stuff on, uh, like, we just, you know, not even necessarily race, but just where people are from in the world, right? And and and, and religion would, would, would be... It'd probably be it, something it, like, you got to be a second-generation American or third-generation American to have full legal standing right, or yeah, something. Right, yeah, it'd be fucked up. It, it would not... The, the passions of today are, are not equipped for the politicians of today to write a constitution the 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 politicians of the people who wrote the constitution were were very different than the ones that are today they were enlightenment bros i guess you could say i mean they were not the best they didn't give women the right to vote they didn't give uh anybody who was not white the right to vote um but they had a general spirit of fairness right yeah, a general spirit of fairness, which you don't see happening today. It's about what side are you on? Yeah, and general spirit of fairness did not last long, right? I mean, just look at Hamilton. Look right. at the look at the stuff that you learned from listening to Hamilton, right? I mean, there well, was don't, don't take Hamilton as, as gospel. Uh, I'm it's, just using it as an him. example, right? But I mean, you got Hamilton and uh, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, you know, completely at odds with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got duels. Hamilton was you not got... like a fucking great guy. Let's not, like... Yeah. Let's not over be overzealous about who no. he was. I mean, he he was a great guy, but not a great guy. And, and a lot of these guys were. Uh, Jefferson. Uh, they, they, would, they would not be great guys by our standard today. And the great people who we think are great today would not be great guys by the standards in uh, 200 years. Mm-hmm. So... The point of the Constitution is respecting that, allowing the ability to update things when when it is absolutely clear that some updates need to be made. And well, that's it—the absolutely clear. But we are so divided. Like I cannot imagine what the next constitutional amendment could actually be. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, I think we've had periods of very of. of I mean, um, it's not, um, I, it's I'm not actually, recent. We've had periods of divide and periods. I actually wonder if constitutional amendments are a thing of the past, almost like declaring war. Right? I'm just wondering if those two things are things of the past, and we found other procedural ways of to, doing that, this. That's a decent. That's a decent point. I don't have an answer to that question because I think I think it's a decent point and it's a decent question. What what goes on? Similarly, adding more states. Right, yeah. I mean, you would have thought after Hawaii, Puerto Rico would have made it, right? But mm-hmm. then, nope, and now Puerto Rico is... is there, I, think there, I think there's a psychological thing. 50 seems like a good number. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I know. I'm laughing because I agree. Uh, because 
Who boy, wants fifty-one boy, states? Boy, am I am I hyper aware of how much people love this fucking divisible by ten bullshit. <laughs> DC should get some representation. Yeah, it should. Puerto Rico should get some representation. Mm-hmm. I'm a little I'm a little less up to the speed on whether Guam or U.S. Virgin Islands or you know what's the next biggest territory that right. we're on. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know how that relates, and 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 it seems weird to give. A couple thousand people the same voting rights as a couple million people. So there's questions. On yeah, that. I mean it's tricky, right? Because you got the whole. Well, first of all, voting rights is, you know, so the the um, parties define primary things. Yes. So you can vote for the Democratic primary in Puerto Rico. I'm not sure about Republican, but you can vote for the Democrat. But you can't vote for president because it's not the parties who decide. I thought you can vote for president. You, you can't vote for Congress. You can't. You don't get a Congress, I, no, but you I'm, can vote for president. You're a citizen. You're still a citizen of the United States. No. You can vote for president. I heard this just this past week on NPR. Really? You could vote in the Democratic primary. You could not vote for president wow. in Puerto Rico. Hmm. You are a citizen. But in D.C. you can vote for president. Okay, so D.C. is better than Puerto Rico. You know why? Because they speak English. <laughs> you know I didn't mean that, right? Yes, of okay, course. Good. Of course. Um, they speak Inuit in Alaska. <laughs> I got to pee. All right, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good talk. Mm-hmm.